Now I want us to, to read in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We shall read verse 28 to 32. 1 Corinthians 11, 28 to 32. Uh, we shall also read Psalms 119. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to commit ourselves in your hands. All our thinking, all our faculties, all our senses, we commit them unto thee for this service. You know every need that is in this congregation and we shall pray that you shall address it as we commit ourselves for the reading of the word. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, Many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Na hawecho omuntu ayeshujime abone kuriyaha mugatogo no kunywa hachikopecho aboku omuntu kwarya yanywa ateteye hambirwa mukama abanayerira kandi nayo nyero rubanje nico cyeteteye benjo muri imwe kugira amagara mabi no kurwara kandi nabagwejegeye tubake kurutwecwera orubanje atwenka tutwakurucwereirwe konka kuturucwerwa kuturucwerwa mukama wetu at Hana ngu tureche kuchwewa orubanja hamwena benzi. Then in Psalms 119, verse 59, it says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Psalms 119, verse 59. My topic this, this morning is judging ourselves. The Lord bless the reading. We can be seated. Now, judging ourselves. To a lot of people, you hear this phrase that no. is very common among people. Maybe when you are trying to correct somebody or find fault in what they are doing or saying, 
They quickly quote this scripture that says, Do not judge. And it is also a very common phrase, even outside Christianity. Saying, do not judge. And there are, some, <clears throat> there are some Christians who actually think it is wrong to judge. Now I'm going to take a bit of time to describe exactly what the Bible says about judging. Now, the if you look at the very, where, where Jesus said, do not judge. That is in the book of Matthew 7, verse 1. Where he said this, and it's what I'm saying. It is a verse that is quoted frequently. By many people, when they do not want their mistakes to be, to be illuminated. And Jesus said, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Now, we also know that the Bible also tells us in other verses that we must judge. Is that right? For example, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 15, says, But he that is spiritual Judgeth all things. He that is spiritual has to judge. Yet Jesus said, Do not judge. So, does the Bible contradict itself? We know the Bible does not contradict itself. Is that right? Now, to understand about judgment, usually when, the, when, when there is some controversy in the Bible, we usually resort to looking at the Greek words. Because the Greek language is rich. It gives a distinguishing meaning to the words of the Bible. The prophet did that quite a lot. Is that clear? So, when we look at the Greek words that are used in these two scriptures, for example, Matthew 7, where it says, do not judge, judge not. The Greek word used there is krino. K-R-I-N-O. Krino. 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 
which means looking or analyzing a situation with a view of looking for mistakes. Right? That is the word used there. And that is what Jesus was saying. Do not do that. Don't look at somebody looking for mistakes. So he used the word krino. Krino not. Right? But where it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 2 verse 15 that you should judge all things. The Greek word used there is anakrino which means he that is spiritual anakrinos all things. The word anakrino means examine, just examine whether it is right or wrong. Not with a view to look for mistakes. But just a, a clean analysis. Amen. So he that is Spiritual anakrinos all things. But the, the Christian should not crino. He should look at all things. He should look at all things fairly. That's why it says in the book of in Thessalonians, judge all things. Take that which is good. But do not crino. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, when you look at the Bible, there are other words that we can take. Uh, for example, in Psalms 26, I said I'm going to take a bit of time to explain that issue of judging. Uh, Psalms 26, verse 1, David is, is telling the Lord, Judge me, O Lord. For I have walked in my integrity. David is telling God, Judge me. Now, the word that is used there is called Shafat. S H A P T. H A T Shafat Shafat David is telling God Shafat me at Shafatinga not crino me but Shafat me the meaning is it is similar to anacrino he is telling God scrutinize me 
Examine me. And then he said, and it also means if I'm guilty, if there is a bad part in me, then show me. Amen. So, David is asking God not to clean him, but but to shaft at him. But in the, in the English language, everything is judge, 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 judge. So it gets a bit So when it comes to judging ourselves, which is our topic, the Bible does not say, Clean yourself. But it is shafat yourself. Right? Examine yourself. And let me say this. Even other people, every action that you see, every issue that you come across, you must shaft it. You must anacrinole it. You must anacrinole. You must be able to say, this is right and this is wrong. Every preacher that you see, you must be able to determine is he speaking the truth or is he misleading? You remember in the first church, the church of Ephesus, God commanded that church because he says, this one good thing you have done. You have looked at those who say they are apostles. You have shafted them. You have anacrinoed them. And you have found them liars. So you must judge all things. Now, before you judge others, before you anacrino others, before you anacrino all things, I'm telling you this morning, you must judge yourself. You must anacrino yourself. Because when you do that, you, you will not be judged. The reason why the Christian shall not face judgment. Do you know that we shall not be judged? Jesus is coming back to earth. He is going, he is coming. Wearing the robes of a judge. 
But he is going to judge the world. But for us, the bride of Christ, we shall not stand judgment. We shall not be asked hard questions. See? Oh, isn't that wonderful? We shall escape judgment. See? I know Paul says that all of us will stand before God. But for the Christian, that is as far as the rewards are concerned. But whether you are sinful or not, but what if you are? If you are sinful or not, we shall we have escaped judgment. We shall not be judged. Why? Because we are judging ourselves here. Amen. You cannot stand judgment twice. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. So it's a big issue. The only problem is if you do not judge yourself fairly. But if you use the same law, the same word, and you judge yourself fairly, remove the things in your life that the word of God condemns, then why do you need to be judged again? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that is what I want to talk about. How we judge ourselves. Because the Bible is clear. If we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, and uh, as, uh, as I have already Hinted. Now, the second part of our salvation, the second stage of grace of our salvation, it is called sanctification. Maybe if we have a Somebody who is not familiar with the message. Let me explain. The, the, our message or our doctrine in the message it can be summarized this way. You know, Brother Branham's mother she was a very strange woman. Strange. Strange. She, she was a woman who did not dream normally. In her entire life. And she died of old age. But she had only about six dreams. 
And all of them were from God. In one of the dreams, she saw her son, Brother Branham. I think he was standing on the sun. And he was preaching to the world. And he was preaching his message. He was pointing at three steps. Like we have these three staircases there. That he was telling the world for you to get on the way to heaven you have to undergo these three steps. That that is the way to heaven. Now, and we know what it is. The first stage is justification. Where you believe Christ. Where you give your life to Christ. You give your mind to Christ. You give your reactions to Christ. You have no ambitions. You have no wisdom. You have no ideas. But Christ has taken over your mind. You have no rights. You have surrendered all your rights to Christ. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When Christ takes over your life, then God counts you just. Because you you can no longer lead yourself. Christ will lead you from there onwards. Now the second stage is sanctification. All evil things, everything that Christ does not like, Everything that is not Christ-like, God has to remove from your life. Your way of talking, you have to talk like Christ. Your way of reasoning, you reason like Christ. In other words, if you have a situation, you, you, you can imagine if it was Christ in that situation. Some people give excuses when they live a life that is not clean. They say, this, they give you excuses. For example, somebody may be in some trouble there are some people who just take people's money and they don't pay. Right? And when you corner them, they tell you they are having so many problems until they are not able to pay people's money. Now, if Christ was in that situation, would he act the same? Some men beat their wives. And when you ask them why, they give you all kinds of reasons. 
The question is, if Jesus was the husband of that woman, would he treat her like you? Some women, they cannot obey their husband. When you ask them why, they give, they give you all kinds of reasons. If Jesus was the wife of that bad man, if he was, if Jesus yes, was the wife of that man, would he act like you? Jesus, when he was here on earth, yes, he, he was in the situation, he was tempted like we are tempted. All of us. Jesus was hungry. He never stole. Jesus was mistreated. He always loved. He never disobeyed God because of situations. Now what I'm saying is that in the process of sanctification, everything in your life that Jesus cannot do, God removes from your life. Praise the name of the Lord. So that instead of giving God excuses, you submit yourself to the Spirit of Christ. And Christ enables you to live the word. So when you are in school, for those of you who are in school, when you are in school, it is like Jesus is the student in that school. If you are working somewhere, when they look at your life, it is like Jesus is the employee in that place. So that with your neighbors, Neighbors, the neighbors, taste the way it is. Taste how it is. How it is to have Jesus as their neighbor. Because Jesus, Jesus is living in you. It's like your husband have Jesus as a wife. It's like the sister, sister, the wife, has Jesus as a husband. So, when we submit ourselves to the to the spirit of Jesus that is living in us. Right? God removes all things that are unchristlike in our lives. That is what I'm calling the second stage of our salvation. The problem the reason, the reason why sanctification is not very, very fast 
It is kind of slow. It takes long. You find somebody gives their life to Christ. But the process of being sanctified is slow. See? You find that somebody has been a believer for five years, ten years, but we still have a lot of things that are not Christ-like. Somebody has been a believer for 20 years, but still beating the wife. The process of sanctification is slow. Somebody has been a believer for a long time but still has some crooked things that are not compatible with Christ. Jesus cannot do those things. Why? Now, what I believe myself is that a lot of people missed even the first step. A lot of people that you see in the church, they are not even saved. They have not even given their lives to Christ. They are religious. But they have not given their minds to Christ. Amen. See? They have not submitted themselves to the word. So, when you are telling them to do things the word way, they feel it is a burden. They even get angry. Sometimes they even leave church. Right? It is, and they know very well that it is the word. There was a problem in the first step. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. For the second stage to work, for you to be cleansed. For you to be sanctified, you have to have the ability to judge yourself. Not being judged by others, but your own self. You judge yourself. See? Mina. Let me tell you, even if you have a preacher who preaches like an archangel, so that when he is preaching, sparks are flying from his mouth, and lightning is coming from heaven. However vindicated he is, he has no ability to judge you. Let me tell you. I'm going to say something here that maybe some of you won't believe. But I'm telling you. Even 
even if it is God himself. He has no ability. Oh, I'm not saying he has no ability. I think that's a wrong statement. But the way things work. He cannot judge you. Here on earth. Let me explain here. God. Here on earth, he has no ability. I don't know why I keep on saying that he has no He has the ability. But he, has, he does not do that. He cannot judge you to the intent of cleaning you. He can only convince you. And then he uses your spirit. When you get convinced, then you cleanse yourself. But he cannot force you. Let me tell you. And I want this to sink. He came to Cain. Cain. God himself. He told Cain. This way of worshipping. Is wrong. But Cain. His spirit. Could not condemn him. He did not agree with even God himself. See? So even if God himself told you this is wrong. Unless your own spirit. You analyze it. And you, you judge yourself and say, hey, okay. I am not walking right. And yourself, you turn from your own ways. There is nobody who can judge you. There is nobody who can judge you unto sanctification. And I'm telling you, if I'm a pastor and I rule the church with an iron hand, like a certain church that I know, they have very tough rules. If you get late coming to church, there's a deacon at the gate. When you come late, go back home. If there's a meeting, and you don't attend, you really have to explain where you are. They rule the people with an iron fist and a fear. So when you come on a weekday fellowship, you will find the church full. 
Right? What cheating? Now those people don't think that they are sanctified. Because their obedience to God is not based on self-judgment. They are being forced. Because when they find a way of evading that judgment, of evading, evading that iron rule, ah, you find that they are just rebels. Right? Our sanctification has to be based on, on self-judgment. It's like this. Me as the preacher, as the pastor, I have to convince you that this is not good for you. This is not the way God wants us to be as, as the children of God. And you as a believer, because you love God, because you want to go to heaven, you love Jesus, and you want to please him, you, you judge yourself, you look at the issue, I convince you, and I help you to know what is right and what is wrong. And together now we go to heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. It is self-judgment. Now the book of Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27 Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. God uses your own spirit to look inside your heart Amen. To light up the areas that need cleansing. Praise the name of the Lord. First Corinthians two, verse eleven. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man that is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. There is no man who knows you the way you know yourself. Even if it is your wife. And you live together for 
decades. She can never know you the way you know yourself. That's right. So, because you know yourself, God uses your own spirit to look into your heart, to look into your ways, and you make the right judgment whether you are right or whether you are wrong. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you must judge yourself. You must really be able to judge yourself. Now, I want to talk about when every judge is working, judging a case, he has to have a basis. There has to be a document of saying this is right and this is wrong. For example, Brother Branham gave an example of a case. He has often talked about that. His old pastor, Pastor Davis. Before he was a pastor, he was a lawyer. So he said the first case that he handled when he came from the school of law it was a case between a, ma- a husband and a wife and they were divorcing. He was the lawyer for the wife and there was another old attorney who was now the lawyer for the husband. Now, this Pastor Davis, he tried to influence the judge to make the the judgment based on emotions, feelings. So he would come He'll tell the judge, you stand up in court and tell the judge, oh, you know this man is very cruel. He does this to the wife. And then he he weeps a little. Oh, the other day he did this. The other day he did the other. Just imagine doing that to somebody. He cries a little bit. Then, after a while, his opponent stood up. And he asked the judge, Your Honor, how long are we going to stand this nonsense? If, if my client, now the husband, if my client has broken the law, let him quote the law. Now, and of course, the man lost the case. 
because he was trying to influence the court by emotions. See? The, when you are judging, you have to point to a law that you are breaking. God loves this. God has commanded this. And you have broken it. Can't watch hand. How you feel about it? It doesn't matter. Whether you think it's justified, it doesn't matter. But you have broken it. You have to have a law. You have to have a basis. And even you, when you are judging yourself, you have to have a, a framework that you compare your actions, you compare your words. Listen, you cannot judge yourself by looking at the majority. There are some people, they feel safe because everybody else is doing oh, the same thing. That is not a good basis. Because I can tell you for free, most of the people that you see calling themselves Christians, they will not make it for, the, for even heaven itself. Amen. Alright. Amina. Let me tell you. Let me shock you. The prophet has preached this message called Straight is the Gate. And he said that out of this generation, he wonders whether there shall come 12 people. Yet we have believers all over. Shouting. Praising. See? And the whole world. He wonders whether there shall come 12. See? So when you look at other brothers, other sisters. Your mic is. I want these words to be heard well. See? You have to have a way of judging. I wish I knew the language so that I can. And interpret for myself. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, they're right. sorting me. Are you with me? So you have to have a what? A framework for judging. So that your soul as you judge yourself, you look at you compare what you are doing with. Nana, what is called, what what you believe to, to be the right thing? 
You cannot look at other brothers. Most of the people that you see, they are not going anywhere. Amen. You may be jumping with them. You may be fellowshipping with them. You may be walking with them. And you may be very many. But most of the people are going nowhere. That's right. You got. I'm sorry for saying that. But it is true. Whether I say it or not, it is true. There are very many people who are just religious. But when you look at the framework, and our framework is the life of Jesus Christ here on earth. Let me put it simply. Jesus is in you. The new birth. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, you are none of his. You are not his. So if there is an experience that you got and that experience it put Christian in your heart. That means Jesus is living in your soul. The hands that we see should be the hands of Jesus. The mouth that we see should be the mouth of Jesus. The heart that we see be expressing itself should be the heart of Jesus. Amen. No. That is true. Jesus is living in you. Right? Amina. Now who was Jesus? Hat Jesus akabariyoha. Jesus Yesu was the word made flesh. Akabariyechigambo echizweyirombiri. In other words, eskumanisa. When the word echigambo is in human flesh, chazweyirombiri, it produces Jesus. Nichizara Kristo. Amina. Amina. In the Old Testament, amunagane kuru. It was just promises, shadows, and types saying the word is coming. When you look at the temple, it was a shadow. The word is coming. When you look at the sacrifices, it was a male. Without blemish. What was it saying? The word is coming. When you look at a prophet like Moses, he was a lawgiver. He was. He was a lawgiver. He was born at the time of persecution. What was his life saying? The word is coming. He was the lawgiver. The word is coming. The word will be a lawgiver. Look at David. David was a king. What was his, his life saying? The word is coming. 
Look at the life of Joseph. He was a perfect man. What was it? It was a shadow. The word is coming. The word will be perfect. All those people. It was the type. Telling us. It was a prophecy. Telling us. The word is coming. Then then finally the word itself came see and it was made flesh and he came and he tasted the life of every one of us see the word was in debt he was in debt, 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 debt. Akabai nibanja, akai nibanja. Amen. See, mina. Those of you who still, abarukiva, because you are in trouble. The word came. Chigambakeja. And was in trouble like that. Now we are going to be busy. Those of you who don't pay your tithes because you don't earn much and you have a lot of problems. The word came and it wore flesh like ours. And it had such financial problems. The word was in a place where it was oppressed. It was disturbed. It was molested. Innocently. Persecuted innocently. You find a brother. You find a sister. They are at the place of work. Or even at home. And they are very innocent. But they suffer unfairly and they think because they are innocent they have a right to be bitter. The word was put in such a situation. So as you judge yourself you look at the word because the word was made flesh and it was in your situation. And then, you are able to think. You are able to meditate. You are able to reflect upon your ways. Hey. And here, in this situation, am I walking right? If Jesus was put here, would he act like me? The tragedy is when somebody else tries to tell you, brother, sister, you are doing wrong here. Some people just refuse to listen. They don't judge themselves. Let me tell you. Brother Branham said that it is easier 
to go to heaven than going to hell. Because before you go to hell, you meet so many roadblocks. You meet so many voices telling you this is wrong. This is wrong. Are you convinced? Are you sure you want to go to hell? Jesus comes and tells you, hell is so bad that if you are doing something that will take you there, you better make a sacrifice. If it is your right eye, that will take you to hell, you better remove it so that you walk on this earth with one eye rather than than with two eyes you go to hell. If it is your right hand that is causing you to go to hell, you better cut it off. Walk on this earth with one hand rather than with two arms. You go to hell. You get all those warnings. But still people are not able to look at their own ways. They make their hearts hard. They say, don't judge me. Don't judge me. See? Brother, sister, you may see many examples here on earth. But I keep on repeating to you, most of the examples that you see, you look at people who are not going to heaven. You are looking at people who will not go for the rapture. Jesus was your example. Praise the name of the Lord. So that even if you are the only one going, Amen. 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 then you go alone. That has to be the basis of our salvation. Amen. Amen. Now, I really have to hurry. So, we must, I'm jumping a lot of things because of time. Uh, But, if people judge themselves, it would not be hard, it would not, we would not be seeing all this prodding, persuading, it would not be necessary. Right? Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. You find Paul making there a very strong Statement. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. 
How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. In other words, this is just what I was telling you. Jesus Christ is in you. If Jesus is in me, can I use my can he, can he use my hands the way I'm using them? Can he use my my mouth? The way I'm using it? If you if you cannot be able to judge yourself like that, then the, 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 the Paul is saying there, you are a reprobate. Now, a reprobate is a rebel. Is somebody who has deliberately, somebody who has deliberately decided that he is not going to obey the word. He is going to live his own life. See? Praise the name of the Lord. See? People who argue with their own conscience and they are not able to be completely free from their own judgment. Now, and in fact, because God, listen my friend, my friends, there is no other way of salvation. The church of Jesus Christ shall not stand judgment. Why? Because they judge themselves. If they don't judge themselves, they are counted like the world. Amen. See? Because that's where we read. And because of that, God sends trouble. Oh, I wish I had time to read the many scriptures. Listen. I don't know how I can put it. Listen to me. God's will is that when you give yourself, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you live a trouble-free life. Sure. That is God's will. It is not God's will for you to suffer. God is a super parent. You that are parents, you know that when you have a son or a daughter, you try to provide everything so that this child does not suffer. Does not suffer, does not suffer any need. It is not I don't believe there is a parent that can make 
their child go without food so that they can know what hunger is you cannot deny your child clothes you cannot let people molest them See? I don't see how a parent, even if your child is an adult and have their own family, some of us are parents like that. If you, if you, feel, if you hear that your child is be, your son or your daughter is being taken to court because of a debt and you have the money you will pay it. Is that right? Now what about God? And we are his children. See? You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes we look at suffering, sickness, debts, lacking this, lacking the other, and we take it as if it is normal. It is not normal. Suppose you have suppose you have 20 let me just give you a picture suppose you have 20 children and you are a multimillionaire and you are a good parent you love your children see would you allow them to suffer can you allow them to suffer? When you hear somebody has a problem, you would, very, you would spoil them. You will spoil them. Yeah. If you are a good parent, they will live pretty here on earth. Now, we have a father in heaven who has millions, millions of miles, has, has love, has care, cannot be compared with an earthly parent. But some of his children, they are sick. Some of his children, they have financial problems. They are confused. All the time they are on their their cheek like this. Where shall I get food? They don't have a good house to stay in. How do you think God would be happy? I'm very sure that the the will of God when he is in heaven watching his children on earth he would want all of them they lack nothing. He would want it like this. Their children or rather his children when they reach a place 
an age of being married if it's a girl God gives them a husband so that she is happy her son God gives him a good wife and he gives them children so that he is happy so that they are happy when they are happy God is happy he would want all of them to have no debts. So that instead of having debts, they are the ones that are borrowing money to people. That is how God would want his children to be. The brother, Brother Benon, he, he announced that we shall have prayer. That is what I want you to have in mind. God's will on earth is for his children to, be, to have their joy and their joy to be full. Anything else, let me tell you, anything else, many times, it is God sending trouble their way so that they can think of their ways and judge themselves. Praise the name of the Lord. It is called chastisement. See? It is the basis of, of trouble. That is the reason for trouble. Anytime you are in a certain trouble, God has sent it for that purpose. So that you can look on your ways. Because he loves you. He does not want you to stand judgment. God is trying to save you. From judgment. Because. The judgment of God at the last day it is going to be very distressful. See? Brother, the judgment of God it is something scary. See? Mm. Brother Branham gave a story of an evangelist. He was called Daniel Kari. He preached for a long time. And then, when he died, because he had made so, his ministry was very great. So a lot of people came to see him as he leaves this world. Now, as they watched him, he went into a coma. They thought he was dead. But after some time, 
He woke up. They saw him opening his eyes. And he said, You mean I'm still here? So they asked him, Where were you? He told them, I have seen such an experience. And he said, that when he, he left this body, he, was, he saw a white gate, heaven, and he went there, and he knocked on the door. Then a voice from inside said, so who comes, who is, who is there approaching this door? He said, I'm Daniel Curry. I was an evangelist. So my work is finished on earth. And I have come home. So he said, okay. We will see whether your name is on the book. They went through the books. But they did find his name. He said, there is no Daniel Curry here. And then he said, No, but I was firmly in the kingdom of God. But there was? I was firmly in the kingdom of God. I was an evangelist. And I have won many souls to Christ. They told him, I'm sorry. But your name is not here. And he said, What do I have to do? He said, the only way you can appeal your case at the white throne judgment. And then he said, well, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I have no choice. So he was shown the way. Then he said, he, he walked that direction. Then after a while, he saw a white light coming from a certain place. And as he neared that place, that light became brighter and brighter so that by the time he got near it, it was a thousand times brighter than the way the sun is now. And it looked like he was transparent. It was like an X-ray. Seeing all his inside. And as he was going there, all his life came before him. Every detail of his life. And then as he was there, he asked, a voice came and told him, who approaches my throne of judgment? And with a trembling voice, he said, I'm Daniel Curry. My work is finished on earth. I, my name is not on the books of heaven. So, I've come, I was told to appeal here. Then he said, So you won't be judged by my law. 
Very well. I'll judge you by my law. Daniel Kare. Have you ever told a lie in your life? Have you ever When he was walking here on earth, there were many things where he'll be told, this is not right. Your mouth is not right here. But he would explain it away. But in the presence of that light, anything shady Anything that is not perfect, it would look so black. The things that he would justify here on earth. And he says, This is okay, this is okay. But in the presence of that light, it seemed so bad. Until he said, No, I told lies. Daniel Kare, have you ever stolen in your life? As he lived his life here on earth, there were many things that he would take. That didn't exactly, it was not exactly his sweat. He would explain it away. It seemed okay. But in the presence of that light, it seemed like he was acting like the devil himself. He saw many things that he took that did not belong to him. Exactly. But here on earth, it seemed okay. See? Mm. Then Let me tell you. There are some people who actually think that if you bribe and you get things that are not exactly yours, not your sweat. I've talked to a brother. He was a businessman. He used to get tenders from the government. He used to get tenders. tenders. So, he would go there, agenda. He, he would find a way of penetrating that organization, that, that ministry. He bribes the supplies officer. He bribes the, through the supplies officer. He gives them a lot of money. This committee that awards tenders. Everybody has been given something. See? And there are many people who want that tender. But him and he's a brother. 
He buys all of them. And he gets the tender. In his church, people are really praising him. Oh, God has blessed brother so and so. Oh, God has opened doors for him. Now, when I discovered that, I really put him on the carpet. He escaped excommunication by a whisker. Aka. Because people think that if you are stealing from the government, bribing and all that, it's okay. Those are the games of life. Listen, if you are like that, I may not have a language of convincing you. And even if you are listening to me, I don't expect that you are going to change because I'm saying so. You are going to change because I'm saying so. But, but I am not I will not be guilty of Letting you to go to hell without warning you. You may fail to listen to me because I have no authority over you. But I'm warning you. You are going to hell. And you will realize it when you are before that light. Because if we had a good justice system, everybody knows that you should be in prison. According to the books, according to the laws of this land, you are a criminal. popular preacher. I can uh -huh. tell you that for uh -huh. free. But I don't care. That I don't care. I don't care for popularity. I'm answerable to one. And? Uh -huh. I'm answerable to one. And that is God. There are many criminals. Now, that brother, I talked to his pastor about it. And his pastor did nothing. So I left it. Him and his pastor, they all stand before God in judgment. Right? Amen. So Daniel Curry, he was before that judgment seat of God. See? So he was asked, have you ever stolen? 
He looked at his life. He saw deals like that. Right? And then he said, No, Lord, I was a thief. So he was asked, Why you perfect in your life? He said, by that time, every bone was coming out of his joint. He was expecting to hear the blast from the throne that says, then you go to the, to the fire that was created for the devil and his angels and to be there through eternity. But when he was waiting for that, then he heard the sweetest voice that he has ever heard. <laughs> And he felt, he looked, he looked behind. He saw the sweetest face. And he said this. That was the, the face of Jesus. A hand on his shoulder. Said, Father, it is true that Daniel Kare was not perfect. But this one thing he did. I want you to listen to the words. When my glory was revealed. He stood for me. Here in heaven. I'll stand for him. Take all his sins. And put them in my account. Now listen. I know some people they live crooked lives. And they think that because of that that Jesus will stand for them. Never. No. 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 It's not in that manner. If you can remember Gideon's Message last night. It will show you that that mentality is wrong. Listen, my, my brothers and sisters. We are living at a time. Oh, please listen. We are living, and I said. Whether you, are, whether you agree with me or not. That's up to you. If you are somebody who is a deliberate sinner. And you turn the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into filthiness. You turn his grace into disgrace deliberately. I believe that the kind of 
sins, failures that are covered at this age in this age we are living in will be the kind of sins like when brother Branham was put in a tight corner and he told a lie Are you with me? I'm not asking you whether you agree with me. But I'm asking you whether you are following me. Let me tell you. The church in the ages that are gone by there are many things that are going to be excused of them. But the church that will welcome Jesus Christ from the skies, it has to be like him. The people of the previous ages, they could be excused for those imperfections. But God has, I know there is a lot of sin. And life is complex. I know that. But let me tell you, there is more, more grace, more help that has been dropped from heaven. The power of the devil is great. But so is the power of God. By the time Jesus appears, we, it will be perfectly Christ in the flesh. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, anyway, I don't have time to, to dig so much in that, on that line. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me finish this by saying this. People of God who loved God throughout the ages have been people who judge themselves. I don't have the quotation, but Brother Branham said that when Moses was 80 years old, when he was on Mount Horeb, the Mount of God, where the, the burning bush, where the pillar of fire appeared to him, what he was doing at that time, he was looking at his ways. He was tracing his life. He is 80 years old. He had a promise. 
He had been born as an answer to prayer. Is that right? Are we together? He was born a deliverer. He wasn't just an ordinary child. The people are crying. Lord send us a deliverer. And in answer to prayer, Moses is born. So he knew he was a deliverer. But here he was. Eight years old. A failure. In his mind, now, an 80-year-old man, his life is finished here on earth. He's just waiting to die. Right? If there is anything you should do on earth, you can't wait until you are 80 years old. <laughs> That would be real strange. You should have finished doing it. So he was looking at his life. And he was saying, a, a deliverer. I have failed. I have made mistakes. I've waited, um, I have wasted my life. God, I'm so sorry. And he must have been feeling very frustrated. What mistake did I do? And he must have been feeling very miserable. And the prophet says that in his agony of regretting, that's when he saw the burning bush. Let me tell you, my brother, my sister, you are born here for a purpose. When you are singing your songs of jubilee, you are singing one of them, Right. You are born here for a purpose. You know, the word of God is like a relay. Really? You know this race? You go around the field. You hand over a baton. Then the other one runs with it. Takes, runs. Now, usually, the teams place the fastest runner at the end. Now, the gospel started with Paul. Rain. A good, a good race. Gave it to Irenaeus. Irenaeus rain. Gave it to St. Martin. Martin, Martin rain. Gave it to Columbus. Rain. Martin Luther. John Wesley. John Brother Branham. Brother Branham. Branham. The fastest runner. See? No. Man. And under those people. 
They are not alone. Also, in each race, in each age, they are the believers of each age. So, we, the believers of the last day, we are the fastest of all believers. Although the devil has come like a roaring lion, but we are more than a match for the devil. That is true. That's right. Let me tell you, we shall live in the flesh and we shall come from this age being sinless. Amen. We shall be like Jesus Christ. We have the ability right now. Amen. Let me ask you. You people that want, you don't want to be but you don't want me to condemn you. To condemn acts. You want to, to write on grace. You want to be allowed to bribe. Want, did Jesus do that? Yes, why do you want to be allowed? Saying that his grace will be for you. No, you will be like him in our flesh. Amen. That is the promise of age. Why do you want to be allowed to be weak? What's wrong with you? See? Why don't you want to utilize? The spirit of God. The blood of Jesus Christ. So that you are inside you. You are white as snow. That is the work of this last day church. Not living a substandard life. Mina. And you find preachers. Hey. Now let me, I'll say it. It is preachers who have no business on the pulpit. Turning the grace of Jesus Christ into lasciviousness. See? And they are trying to mislead themselves and mislead others also. Amen. Let me tell you the work of this last day church, the work of this last day believer, it is like this. God has set in the church first apostles, secondly prophets. Evangelists, pastors, teachers, for what? For the perfecting of the saints. Right? 
And until we do what? Until we all come. Not some people. But all the body of Christ. Until we all come. Into the stature of a perfect man. And to the measure. Of the stature. Of Christ. It has never been achieved in any other age. But it will be achieved now. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know why I'm not able to finish. See? I feel like just going back to that point. <laughs> That is the standard of this age. Let me ask you. Let me tell you. Moses, when he was 80 years old, in his mind, he was finished. His life was over. See? And he was feeling very miserable. That he has failed God. See? I don't know how you feel. That is our calling in this last day. See? Jesus wants a church. A perfect church. He wants to see brothers who are perfect. Like Christ. He wants to see sisters who are perfect. Like Christ. Are we just running, running, and jumping, jumping, and rejoicing, rejoicing? Are we able to look at our ways? Compare our lives with Christ. Because that is our calling. Do we have any feelings about it? Or do we want to say grace, grace, grace? The bride has not been perfect so far. But in this age, she will be perfect. And we are so late, my brothers and sisters. Christ is about to come. Are we able to think about our ways? When they thought about their ways, judging themselves, that is Moses, then the pillar of fire appeared to him. If we do that, the pillar of fire will appear again. He will not come to people who are just careless. See? Now, Hati. <coughs> look at David. David was a man after God's own heart. Listen. But he got to a place instead of his heart vibrating with the spirit of God. Satan managed to cover his spirit. 
with filthiness to the extent that he committed adultery and then he murdered the husband and he thought he was okay. See? And there are people who do that. They have lived so far away from God. They don't pray. They don't judge themselves. They don't look at their ways. They rub shoulders with the world. They mingle with the thieves. Until they think that that's, they normalize the abnormal. And they bring the world into the church. That is what happened to David. It took the rebuke of Nathan the prophet. He, hey, David did not think he was that evil. Until Nathan told him a story. See? He told him a story that sounded so bad until David stood up as a judge. That man must die. Then Nathan told him, you are that man. He looked at his life. He looked at the word of God. He had grace. He had grace enough to say, Lord, I'm so evil. History tells us that David could not overcome that thing. It weighed him down with the sorrow and regret and repentance for three years. Mina. All the time, oh, how did oh, I do such a thing? thing? How could I do such an evil thing? People who think of their ways like that, how do you judge them again? See? Now, let's look at Job. Brother, I've given myself up to one. Is that fine? Okay. Now, Job. I told you that God does not love to see his children suffer. When Job was suffering, all his wealth gone. Children gone. Health is gone. All his friends had deserted him. And he was on the ash heap. Scrubbing himself. So miserable. God doesn't look, see that. Or rather, God doesn't like that. 
But when Job was in that state, you may ask me if God didn't like that. Then why did why did God allow Job into that situation? Let me tell you. Job himself expressed it. He explained it. He said, when I come from this situation, I'll be like gold. I'll be purified. Now when Job was in that state, I'm telling you, he thought on his ways. He really judged himself. If you read the book of Job, especially reading, you read chapter 30 and 31 when when you get home. You'll find that Job looked at his ways. He examined the way he was dealing with his workers that as an employer I'm multi-billionaire yet he had very low workers but he was saying I never despised anybody. Because that I was up there and he is down here. Because I recognize that the same God who formed him in his his mother's womb is the same God that formed me in my mother's womb. And all of us are going back to him. So how can I despise him? See? Mm. He looked at how he was, his moral conduct. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why why then should I look at girls in in the wrong way? Why should I look at? Why should I look at girls? Right? He was looking at his ways. You know, these are secrets that nobody sees but you and God. See? Some people are last full even when they are in church. Find some brothers. Brother. Some of them are even married. But they find all kinds of excuses. To talk with beautiful young girls in the church. And some sisters, they know it. But they also enjoy it. Fusiness in the church. That's right. Let me tell you. 
you cannot deceive yourself. Neither can you deceive another person. See? And you would know when you are doing evil. Job looked at all that. I told you I'm not a very popular preacher. Right? Amen. I don't preach until people are flying. No. Flying is good. And it has its place. But this also has its place. Oh, yeah. Amen. Job looked at all that. He looked at the way he treated people. He looked at the way he treated enemies. Who hated him. Right? Amina. He was looking, he was judging himself. He looked at whether he had a nature of hiding his sins. Do I have a habit that when somebody is trying to correct me, I don't want to listen. I want to listen to people who pat me on the shoulder. You know, sometimes we as preachers, we are people, we, we are people who don't have a pastor. And sometimes you can have habits that are not good. But nobody can rebuke you. Because you are the pastor. It's a good idea for we pastors to pastor one another. Amen. So that you are friendly with other pastors. And we humble ourselves to each other. So that I don't, I don't make myself complicated. I don't make myself unapproachable. Amen. Let me tell you this. <laughs> my, my fellow pre preachers, please. Don't, don't feel bad with at me. Please. Please don't. I'm saying this out of love. Because we are going to heaven. We are on business for God. If, if, if you are the kind of preacher who, when you get on your pulpit, you hammer other preachers. All you are doing, you are scaring them off. And they are the only ones who can help you. Sure, because if you blast me, I leave you alone. Who I leave you alone. 
Don't explain things away and don't put on a hard face. Job looked at his ways. And that is one of the things he mentioned. Because when you do that, you are an enemy to your soul. Because let me tell you, I, am, I may be a preacher. God has given me people to pastor. But, one of the biggest, one of the first questions that God will ask me is about my own soul. My own soul. You know the priest when he carried the blood but, uh, the blood, priest, the priest, the priest carrying the blood, uh, going to the Holy of Holies. The blood was for himself and the people. Don't neglect your own soul. Amen. It also needs to be saved. See? Now I'm saying Job that is one of the things he mentioned that if I hate my sins and also he said when I am rebuked when my sins are exposed standing to confess my sins was not a problem to me. I was not ashamed. Perhaps we can read that. Do you know the reason why I'm, 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 I'm emphasizing there? I don't know how it is here. But I know in our country there are some preachers who, who, who actually teach that if you make a mistake you should not confess before people. Because they lose confidence in you. And to me, I find that most foolish. Not even unscriptural, but naturally foolish. Amen. Some of you people are professionals. If you read the science of management, you will know that a manager, even if he is having a very big post, 
a manager who can tell his people I'm sorry I made a mistake. Manager People respect him so much. Even if it is apparent. We are parents. We are also children. Of course, like old people like us. We are orphans. We don't have parents. <laughs> but when they were there. See? If you see your father. Telling you that I made a mistake You feel like crying. Right? Amen. You respect him so much. When Brother Branham told a lie, when he went to tell the person that he lied to, this man was having tears in his eyes. And he told him, Brother Branham, I had respect for you before. But now I have so much more respect. So Job, was looking at how he sees his mistakes. And he, made, he said this statement. That Job 31 verse 33 it says this. If I covered my transgressions as Adam. Um, by hiding my iniquity in my bosom. Did I fear a great multitude? Or did the contempt of families terrify me? He would confess before families. See? He was looking at his ways. Judging himself. He looked at how he conducted his business. Whether he was he was using fraud. Cheating. In fact, he said, I wish I knew where God was. I would walk, I would knock on his door. He says, come in. And I would set my I would set myself before him. Let him shaft me. And he says, I know he would justify me. See? Praise the name of the Lord. See? Now, my time is over. Can you give me 10 minutes more? I just want to, to just give you practical, another practical example. In the questions and answers that were asked by brother, 
asked to Brother Branham. I think it is a sister. sister. But she asked this question. She said, uh, I'm a believer. Baptized in Jesus' name. But how do I get away from a stubborn spirit? I have always been impressed by that question. Because there is somebody who judges themselves. You look at the way you argue with people. Then you realize I have a stubborn spirit. And I go to the altar. And I tell the Lord to remove it from me. Right? True Christians, they judge themselves like that. And I'm just telling you, don't wait until it is too late. There was a man called Pilate. Now, Pilate, Prato. Uh, I'm very sure, in fact, the prophet said it, I don't know whether you have ever thought about it. God had an interest in that couple, Pilate and his wife. Why did God give, her, give the wife a dream about that man? That her husband was about to judge. Because on the day of judgment, she wrote him a note. Have nothing to do with this just man. Because I have suffered many things in a dream. That was of God. But Pilate, just careless, thinking he is so big a governor, he just judged him. Now, I'm very sure because history says that afterwards Pilate was troubled. He could not forget that man. That was not an ordinary prisoner. He thought he could just wash his hands. But what happened? When he goes to sleep, this man is before him all the time. Watching him wearing a crown of thorns. He would relieve, he would relieve his words. Try to forget him. He could not. Probably. He went around where they were crucifying him. 
and he could hear the groans. Jesus screaming. Yes, as they nailed his hands to the cross. That would be before him all the time. It troubled him until the only solution was to commit suicide. Right? Now, I'm very sure that if Pilate would have gone to Peter, even if it is secretly like Nicodemus and then Peter guides him to the ways of Christianity I'm sure God would have forgiven him but he was too proud to lower himself to that level Brother, sister, don't be like that. You will not be able to bear the judgment of God. Judge yourself here. Take a moment of reflection. Look at the way you do your things. And judge your ways. See? Because when you judge yourself like that, you will not you will not go to the judgment seat. Your own your own soul, your own heart, your own spirit, where you know yourself. Is what God is using to judge you Take advantage of it. When we have the blood of Jesus. When we can be able to rectify our lives. When we can live a new life. I had plenty more to say. But I'll close with that one. Praise the name of the Lord. Shall we bow our heads? <coughs> Gracious Lord Jesus, what a privilege that we have when we have the blood of Jesus. However bad we have been, Whatever kind of failure that we have been. But if we judge ourselves. And we cry to thee. We have just been speaking about that pilot. He was not exactly an enemy of God. He was honest enough to know that the Pharisees had brought Jesus because of jealousy. And he knew in his heart that Jesus was just. If such a man could think that way, what about us? 
We know that the life that you lived here on earth was the right kind of life. There is no excuse. Probably we have been living lives here giving excuses for not living like you. I'm praying Heavenly Father that you give the brothers and sisters here even us ministers give us the grace to look at our ways and to judge ourselves righteously. Let there not be any stubborn person here who like Pilate refuses to bow down we pray for your grace Lord may thy masses be upon each one of us in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior Amen, Amen.